podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, it's Tino here, host of the Celtic Exchange. And before we get started with this week's show, I want to bring you some quick news on some changes to our Celtic Exchange Plus service. The Celtic Exchange Plus brings our listeners closer than ever before to Celtic with their range of insightful, informative and entertaining shows, keeping you up to date with all the action on and off the park at the greatest club in world football. The support we receive from our subscribers enables us to continue delivering the shows that you want to hear throughout your week in Celtic, including our detailed match previews, our immediate match reactions on the final whistle, and some very special bonus episodes throughout the season. As a new subscriber, you'll get access to all of these shows, and as a bonus, we'll also receive exclusive advanced access to this weekly show on a Monday, before it's then released to the general public on a Tuesday morning. You'll get all of this for just $3.75 a month if you decide to pay annually, or for $4.99 if you want to go for the monthly option, and you can do so right now at theceltichexchange.supercast.com. And in even better news, you can now enjoy the Celtic Exchange Plus completely free for seven days with our complimentary seven-day pass. So to get started, visit theceltichexchange.supercast.com now and take your Celtic experience to the next level this season. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 79 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino and this week I'm joined by Miff and Paddy. Following a weekend where matters elsewhere led to no football being played at Celtic Park or anywhere else for that matter. Miff, a rare weekend off for you. Did you manage to catch up with any important household chores? Hello Tino, hello Paddy. Hello uh, dear listeners and viewers. Um, unfortunately I did. Uh, oh man. Uh, so after the wee man's football ended up... Clearing out the loft. <laughs> oh man. Was he allowed good? Was he allowed oh, to play? It was horrendous. <laughs> I was only joking, I didn't realise you'd been dragged into oh, this. Oh no, I did. Sorry um, to bring up bad memories. And I swear to God, if I ever see my missus buy another gift bag <laughs> or another roll of wrapping paper, it, it, the marriage is over. It's all over. It, it's a, just a good job. Our loft never caught fire because the accelerant of wrapping paper and gift bags would have set the roof ablaze <laughs> in a matter of seconds. Um, we could genuinely have opened a shop. Ridiculous. Sounds like the current so, in any case, sorry, sorry to digress there, folks, but that that is the misery of a Saturday afternoon when you're not watching Angie's teams rip somebody apart. Yeah. Paddy, obviously an unplanned break this weekend, but Celtic, we've got a lot of football to play between now and that break uh, for the World Cup in November. Uh, yeah, it just it makes it that bit more... Bit more tighter for ourselves and just making sure that we've you know we don't drop almost the momentum we've, we've kind of started to build up as well i kind of feel that like i was thinking about it as a week off going to help us get into the game against shatter on wednesday I, I i don't think it will i think they would have rather have played at the weekend and they weren't allowed to can i just say big man did yeah. you spend saturday getting a haircut that looks like quite a i did I, well, a I, I, if, <laughs> if you watched uh if you watched last week's i had it then did you? But, uh, I we'll listened, talk, didn't I? watch oh, Alright, okay, okay, I'll listened. give you that Did you not hear his new haircut last week? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't hear it, I didn't hear it It made its own statement Aye, <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, aye it, was, it was needed, mate, it was needed um, No, I just think that it's, it, it, you know I would ra- rather we have kept playing, 100% um, and I, I was reading, I don't think it's going to be the case now But that potentially Wednesday could have been our last game, game in September But it looks like 
next week's going ahead now against Sipman, yeah. which is good. Yeah, I've seen the statement that, which suggests it's, it's all good to go from this weekend onward. Um, so what we'll do, we'll start this week by taking a look at what's been making the headlines at Celtic over the last few days, before we then take a more general look at that Champions League opener against Real Madrid and what we learned from an interesting night at Celtic Park. We'll then review this week's Champions League fixture with Shakhtar Donetsk, a team with a certain XL in their ranks who helped them get off to a flyer in their own opening game against Leipzig last week. And finally, it's back to Scottish Premiership action as Celtic look to maintain their 100% start to the season with a short trip across the city to face St Myrne and Paisley on Sunday. OK, so to get started this week, let's take a look at some of those uh, headlines that have been making the news in the world of Celtic. So first up, Ange Postacoglu, he's been linked with the vacant manager job at Brighton after Graham Potter moved on to take the Chelsea job. However, Ange is reportedly quoted as saying that he's not interested in any such move. Elsewhere, Carl Starfelt, he'll be out until October with the knee injury that he picked up against Rangers. He'll miss Wednesday's game against Shakhtar, as well as Sunday's league game with St Myrne, and he's also going to be sitting out of Sweden's Nations League games with Serbia and Slovenia. And finally, Jota has picked up the first SPFL Goal of the Month award of the season for his wonder strike on match day one against Aberdeen. He can now add that trophy to the three Player of the Month awards he's picked up in last year's double winning season, and in all likelihood, Muff, he'll be adding another one next month for his goal against Rangers. But tell you what we'll do, Paddy, let's start with that speculation around Ange and the Brighton job. It's inevitable, inevitable, isn't it, that he's going to be linked with jobs in the Premier League, given what he's doing here. But I'd be very surprised to meet, see him make any such move. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised that um, his name popped up, uh, especially uh, in a really good spell for Celtic at the moment as well. You know, it's it's tough just to get the fans talking and, and uh, very easy for us to get a little bit worried that you might see... Um, might see the grasses maybe greener down in the Premier League for the opportunity he can get with with um, teams with more finances I wouldn't say bigger teams and one of the things that when it was Brighton mentioned probably the most informed team like outside the, the top six this season they've been playing some incredible football um, down in the Premier League but I just I wasn't worried and even before he came out and and basically said that it's a no-go. I, I still wasn't worried. I, I think he's got so much that he wants to to achieve here, first and foremost. Um, the one thing that I take from it that worries me slightly is it's still the rolling contract at the moment. Mm. Um, and I just kind of think we maybe need to to kind of look at that, I think, um, in the coming the coming months, just to make sure that, you know, any speculation in other jobs, which will inevitably come up in the Premier League this season, it just gets snuffed out straight away or there's going to be a handsome fee to be paid to take him. Yeah, I, I'm sure there will be talks in the background that Ange seems pretty relaxed about all of this and, you know, I hope, I'm not proving wrong here, but he doesn't seem a guy that's motivated by money. No. You know, he seems to be here for the, the kudos of being at such a big club and the, the prospect of European football. Just as an aside, I was reading that Potter was picking up somewhere between seven and eight million a year for being the Brighton manager. Yeah. I couldn't believe that that was the figures that they were around there. And I don't know what he'll be getting now at Chelsea. They had to pay a 23 million euro clause to release him from his contract. Wild. So crazy numbers down there. And I suppose life is life and money is money. And if anything might distract somebody like Ange or otherwise, it's saying here we can quadruple your salary here if you if you want to come and have a chat. Yeah. But no, listen, I, I don't have any great fears, Miff. Where do you stand on it? Well, I think we have to be wary, just because the the profile that get, gets created. Scottish football is quite unique because if you're successful, you then immediately get European exposure, and which then immediately just puts you on a different plane in terms of your achievements being magnified and and available for a lot more people to see. That said, I think that is the whole attraction of Celtic to Ange, 
I think there is the what's the word I'm looking for the emotional attachment that he has for the point of view of his background Celtic's background I think there's a, a sort of synergy for want of a better that's a terrible word but we'll no. use it anyway um, I think there's a, no it's just a corporate word that I, I use I use daily couple of, in my couple jobs. of big meetings this afternoon synergies and oh man I'm sorry guy I'm sorry I used it but it's done <laughs> um, so th- th- there's that element but then I also think there is the the platform that, that Celtic gives and it's everything he's ever wanted he's able to kind of cut his teeth in, in Europe initially Europa now the Champions League it's given him what, what he's always wanted um, would, would he get the time that he would probably want or need if he went down south possibly not although I think it's fair to say in Brighton they're a team that would have given him that because he gave Potter it and they're now reaping the benefits of that I think Brighton as a, as a structure and a club is probably quite close to what the type of comfort that Ange would seek from a you know fairly wealthy owner with deep pockets that's willing to give you you know the responsibility and the autonomy to go and build, build something um, and life timing is everything and I just think the timing's off I think he, the, the whole momentum behind the club I think Ange, Ange knows he's onto something fairly special and we're going to talk about uh, Real Madrid I don't think anybody left that, that stadium that night disappointed and I'd, I'd include Ange in that mm-hmm. um, I think what, what you've seen from us for 45 minutes was, was something that's that's really really What's the word I'm for? Not, not special because I don't want to go overboard on it. Synergy. But it's, but it's something. No, that's out of context. You know, that's out of context. Um, something that's a building block, a significant building block to to the future, our, our future in European football. What surprised me though, I, I know you're talking about no one left, um, no one left unhappy. Don't tell I, me you did, Paddy. No, no, I was, I was so proud of him. I thought they played brilliant. Um, I listened to Ange when I was walking back into town and uh, he didn't sound happy. <laughs> he didn't. They, he, he played, I think he probably, not that he was unhappy with the team, but there was a lot of like, oh, you, you went toe-to-toe, like you done this, you done that, and he was just like, still didn't win. His, his know, stand, and, well, his standards are defeat. Yeah. Defeat isn't going to be acceptable. Yeah. I mean, those, those grey trousers were a heavy emotional <laughs> burden on you. But, but I, I loved that. I loved that. But that, but that and again, why we... Produced that performance is because of that. Yeah. It's all cause and effect. He's setting these standards in the team. The team will be thinking the exact same. Mm-hmm. That's why we know when a big game's rolling round, the team aren't going to swan about the part like the game's already won because that's that's what's been drilled into them. That's the standards that are being set day in day out when they all go and train. Then we all, when they all turn up in the park, you know the the confidence we played against Real Madrid was I thought unbelievable, mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. I've listen, you know my thoughts on Celtic in Europe. I've I've danced that dance before, you know. I've seen all the shows. I've been there. I've watched this. No touch the ball for ninety minutes of football. I barely touch the ball for ninety minutes of football. Sometimes you do get a result out of it. Sometimes you don't. We we were reasonably comfortable mm-hmm. in that game, um, and and then they do what they do. That's why they they managed to get through so many tough ties. Last time is just they strike at the right moment. Yeah. That's experience and that's quality. Yeah, it's almost like we've jumped way ahead of the agenda, Paddy, and gone to a, a whole new <laughs> section, which we should really be getting to yeah. uh, further down the line. We will get to all of that and then some when it comes to Real Madrid. But in terms of Ange himself, yeah, I think it's going to take something spectacular for him to take his eye off the ball in, in terms of what he's doing at Celtic. And I think some managers will, will come to Celtic and see it as a stepping stone. I think Ange sees it as a as a project and somewhere where he can 
satisfy his his ambitions as a manager. So hopefully he's here for a long, long time to come. Um, I'd mentioned that Carl Starfelt, so he's found himself back in the treatment table. And along with Cameron Carter-Vickers, he was one of the main men in a Celtic defence, which conceded just 22 league, game, league goals in the whole of last season. He has had a stop-start season so far, Paddy. He's missed most of pre-season and he now finds himself with this knee injury. How big a blow is it to lose him over the next few games? Yeah, um, massive in my opinion. I think uh, the games he kind of came back into, I thought it showed real character for him just to almost look as if he hadn't left the team. Um, other than, I, I think, just his, his header against Rangers, the one that I, I just think he's totally misread the situation. That happens, the atmosphere was wild. Um, other than that, I think he's, he's looked so so strong, and I thought that game against Rangers, he was he was one of our best players up until he did get get taken off. Um, it just shows you how important it is um, that, that we got Jens in. It really does, and because I think with Starfelt, I do think there there is an injury waiting to happen with him. Sometimes um, I think there was a it, it was quite stop start from for him at Ruben Kazan as well. Um, so yeah, but we've got we've got the players there. You know, when he was going off, you're like, I'm gutted for him, but we've got a, a very strong player coming in, and that, that's that's a good position to be at. That's it, and you know, we came out of that transfer window. You know, I think we all agreed with decent cover across the board, and that's why you've got it. I mean, Matthew, quite happy that disappointing as it is to lose Starfield, Jens will probably slot right in. Well, the, the three things that stand out to me just to, to to speak about it as a you know a current topic is one I felt sorry for him when I seen him down. I was like, that's an E. He's obviously been having trouble. He's fought hard to get back. He's won his place back. And then that happens. So, you know, you've got that sympathy for him. Two, it's a different kettle of fish this year. The injury happening because you've got Jens there. Jens has then come on and in the two games that he's been involved in since then, he's looked really, really accomplished, I, I, I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and three, an injury to Starfield isn't necessary. It's not just him you're thinking of. It's that partnership he has with Carter Vickers. And it's the, the subsequent impact that they are just so good together. Yeah. You can see they're so comfortable playing together and they have solved what was a major issue for, for Celtic in the, the 2020 season. Um, you know, we, we don't we don't really concede too many for set pieces anymore and our general box defending is, is, is much improved. And Starfield has played a, a huge part in that. I know he looks cumbersome on the ball and, you know, he's still prone to the odd rick, that one, um, against, against Rangers. Uh, few expletives come out of my mouth at the time but it's the intensity of the game and you're, you know, you're kind of all hyped up I think when you take a step back and you just look at his overall contribution to Celtic for came it's been positive and he only get better and better as last season went on and as I say my, my first reaction is one of sympathy for him because he's clearly worked very very hard to get back and get into the squad and into the team and then he's had another setback but the major difference being that we've got someone primed and, and ready in there and, and I said this I, I think it was at the Real Madrid game the guy I sit next to is that Jens is so like Julian in the way that he even hits the ball mm -hmm. the way he controls the ball the way he passes the ball and everything he's, he's just he, he is just like a, a kind of mini younger Julian to me the way that he, the only will I say a rank rotten attitude <laughs> just a bit less stroppy um, you mentioned Miff, just a wee bit earlier on that timing is everything in life and on that and note that, do you think that's a Miffism a Miffism did you create you created that term of phrase, yep. did you? Um, but do you feel now is the right time for Jens to show that he deserves a, a permanent deal at Celtic once this loan expires? Well, football is watched with your eyes, you know. So they tell me. Another mythism. And I would say that he has done enough so far, but is there enough of a 
body of evidence to judge that on, I would suggest not. You need you need you need to elongate these things out so that you can see them put into different types of situations. What I will say is though, being put under pressure by two two teams in a in two high intensity games, he's chosen to use the ball very well in my, my opinion, and, and his general defending's been been pretty good. Um, I don't want to talk any more about the Real Madrid game and instances within it because I know you gave us a row for that earlier. So I'll just um, I'll bank that one for later. That's to keep that in your pocket. <laughs> okay. Um But yep, Jens will get a chance. He'll very likely start against Shakhtar and St. Mern at the weekend. It'll be a chance for him to prove that maybe, you know, even when Starfield's back fit, he's due a, a longer term run in the team. And it's Jens with a Z? Jens. Is that what we're settling Jens. on? Jens. The Z. Correct. How are you doing that? Was my Z. That's yeah. okay. Paddy, I'd mentioned that Jota picked up goal of the month for that one against Aberdeen. Brilliant strike on, on match day one. And to be honest, he's going to pick it up again. Uh, I'll be amazed if he doesn't pick it up for his goal against Rangers, which was just a, a thing of beauty. Um, but he's absolutely been one of the standouts of the season so far, hasn't he? Really has. Um, just quietly confident about what he's doing now, isn't he? Um, and just, just getting on, on with it in every game and um, just what he brings to the team. Uh the game against them the other week was the first time I'd really see seen him say to Tavenier, you're mine. You're mine for 90 minutes. And he just looks so, so comfortable against them. And just, ah, he just, he gets stuck in. That's what I love about him as well. He's he's happy to take the knocks because mm-hmm. he'll give it back. You know, he just, he was right in about everyone's faces as well that game too. I, I mentioned uh, there was a wee niggle he had at, um, at Ryan Jack at the end of that, that game uh, to the point that Jack tried to react what was going on basically he was just getting swamped by Jota and he couldn't move and it was at the final whistle and Jack's basically turned around with it like almost about to shove him and Jota's away celebrating the win you know <laughs> just brilliant he's just one of our key men this season he's going to be he's going to be massive for us and what a signing just yeah. what a signing he's not just a, a big player he's a big personality Muff. he brings a lot to the dressing room and you can see that I think as Paddy's indicated he's just very comfy just now he's just you know he's, he's found a home he's no longer here on loan and he's just thriving. Oh, lad, he's just a superstar. Yeah, he is. And I think we all felt we'd get away with one by signing him. Um, certainly for the figure that, that we've signed him for. Um, I I think when we look back in years to come, we'll, we'll be like, how the hell did we manage to sign him for that amount of money? Guy's just a star. Um, you know, he assists, he scores goals, he beats men at will. Uh, just everything you want to see. For a winger, and then what you've got around about him as well allows him to do that. The work rate of the team, um, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, uh, and, and then in the context of the Rangers game, the, the work that Jack and Marcus get through, unreal. And and that's that, that's what makes you love this team so much is that there's flamboyance in it, like Jota, but but the underlying work rate, you see them all buying into what the manager asked them to do. And you see all the players improving as a result of that. It's just, I mean, you, you could go through every player, but the work rate that they get through, whether it's Juranovic, Taylor, in, in the positions that they take up, the subsequent support that they give to the, the front men, then how the team burst their proverbial backside to get back and, and get into shape. It's just, un- and you saw, it, you saw it against Madrid as well, although I won't get into detail about that, you know. Um, <laughs> you saw that against Madrid as well. And it, it's just, that's why the fans are so invested in this team. You see this team are just trying their absolute heart out for you every time they step onto the park. Yeah. Now they're very easy to like this team, I have to say. Um, so yeah, so Jota picks up goal of the month. First time he's picked one up for Celtic, but 
in all likelihood it won't be his last so great to see Miff you'll be very pleased to know <laughs> we're just about to talk about right lads I've been after a week I've been after a week come on Real Madrid so our first Champions League <laughs> campaign in five years got underway at Celtic Park last week as we took on reigning European champs Real Madrid on match day one of this season's competition so I do want to cover you know, certain elements of the game uh, but also I'd like to look more generally at what Celtic may do in Europe this season when implementing Angie's fairly unique system at this level so um, we've obviously seen some of that particularly in the first half on Tuesday night. Is this a TCE analytics? It is. Oh, love it, lads. It is. <laughs> XG, if XG. you like. So, it's... Miff, I'll come to you first, seeing as you're gunning. They they say you either win or you learn at this level of football. So what will Andy and the players have learned from that one against Real Madrid? Well, they've learned, they'll have learned that they can play their brand of football against a, an extremely good team, if not the best team uh, in European football. Uh, so from a confidence point of view, I think you take what the, the players have spoken about, that uh, kind of betis moment, uh, and the fans have spoken about recently, their Leverkusen moment, that, you know, defeats from which you've you've really seen progress in terms of the style of playing, the, the bravery of the players in that. I think Real Madrid is, is a further marker of that, another watershed moment in the evolution of the team, to turn around and say, we put our stamp in that game, listen, glorious failure, Scottish mentality, you can throw it at them if you want, lads and lassies. Don't care. Sat there, watched the game, had to actually turn round and say to the guy next to me, this is Real Madrid we are playing here. At times, dominating the ball. I know we didn't always dominate the ball, but at times we did dominate the ball. Movement causing them problems. What's that bad I done with that one? Wee yeah. man, wee yeah. man, what you done? Oh, you did the mortgage. But anyway, hey, it's all positive, lads. It's yeah, all positive. I, I was right behind the goals for McGregor's shot. Yeah. How that has hit the inside of the post with that ferocity and managed to get for a throw-in. I know. Mm. Next that, to the defies, corner, that defies physics. <laughs> How's that possible? Courtois was absolutely rooted, wasn't oh, it? I, oh, I was away. I was away, lads. Was away. It was just oh. some bit of play, like the hold-up oh. for the big man as well. Oh, just, it, yeah. it, that's, that's what made it for me, the, the big man just coming out bristling. I just love him. Well, there's a reason he is, can, can, are you allowed, what's the, what's the What's the parental advisory on here? Advise your parents not to let, let your kids listen to math. I swear. Well, that's fine because I'll already have done that because we're 79 shows deep. He's just a big shit house. I absolutely <laughs> love it, man. I just love it. And it doesn't matter who he's playing against, he's just out to noise them up. Oh, yes. He's out yeah. to get in their face. He's all elbows, forearms, big, beautiful Greek biceps, whatever it might be. <laughs> They're just getting it, throwing it in folks' faces. He's just getting in their way. He's annoying them. He's irritating them. And that went for Real Madrid as oh, well. And took, you saw it. They took Militao off You, you saw it. You saw it. Just, I, I can honestly say, I, I thought half-time, it's almost a bit too good to be true in the sense that I can't believe I've watched this play like this. And then there's the, the obvious thing in the tail. But I, I go back to what, what I'd said just slightly before we came on air. To have the Abada chance, the, I'll call the McGregor chance a chance because he's hit the target. Or well, hit the post hit the post in the target no, no. no I'll say it is uh, he's not the target and then the, the Maeda chance to start the second half if you to have said you will create those three chances against Real Madrid and not take any of them it's just it's just unbelievable but the, the immense pride in, in how our manager has set the team up not wavered and the players have performed with immense credit yeah 
He's excited tonight. Eh? Just a bit, just yeah. a bit. What? I would I've say, had a wee calf, I repeat, I've had a wee calf. I'm fine. fired up. I was just going to say, the what guy, do you call it? The guy I feel sorry for the most is the guy that he keeps mentioning next to me. I said to the guy next to me, and I no. said, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give my mention because there's no danger he listens to me after he sit next to me again. It's Alan. Alan. Alan for Paisley. Well, well done, Alan. A patient man. I think he's for Paisley. Paddy, I'll come to you, I'll give you a chance, seeing as Miff's. No stop for air blast. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll a wee breather there. Um, um, do, I was go- just going to ask straight up, do you think we showed across at least the first 50 minutes or so that we can genuinely compete at this top, top level of European football? A hundred percent. I was so, so, so proud of him. I really was. Um, yeah, we look at the chances missed, but other teams are, are, are going to miss chances against a team like Madrid there. What was so, so positive for me was how comfortable we were on the ball. Um, Hattati, that pass... Again, just it just makes it look so easy. And I tell you what, that's practised. That's pra- they, they, they practised that in the training ground yeah. 100%. They knew what they yeah, were doing. The throw-in from the throw-in, yeah. first-game volley from Hatay. In- incredible. And what I loved about it the most is for the first 40, 50 minutes, yes, we were all over them to, to an extent. I'd say after the first 25 minutes, they come into it. But what's very clever and it's kind of something I brought up about in the Rangers game. What's very clever with Angie's team is, is that as a um, taking away the front three, the rest all know when to just bed in and, and basically just take it a breather almost and just soak up the pressure as much as they can. The second half, they tried to do that again after conceding the first goal. And then you started to notice, no, hang on, we can't, they're, they're quicker than us and, and they're, they're so much more... They're a different level. They are a different level. Just the way they were spraying the ball about and how quick they do it. Cruz and Modric weren't looking up at points. It was just something they were passing. Yeah. But what we done and what we could have done is go in one, two nothing up easily or get the goal at the beginning of the second half. And it just, it filled me with confidence going into the game on Wednesday night, even though a great result for Shakhtar last week. I'm not phased by it. No. You, you can't deny, Muff, that the game changes when it goes 1-0 the whole thing changes because your system is set up in such yeah. a way that you need to then come out at some point well Celtic I, I think Celtic under Ange regardless actually will always come out but when it goes 1-0 and you're chasing the game you start to take risks that you wouldn't take otherwise and that's what leads to 2-3-0 and, three now. and the, the, you know there's debate about whether you should be you know some people are saying oh, never accept defeat and what have, what's become of us take a step back and look at the fact that this is the current European champions 14 times European champions Real Madrid Hosting, I, I think I'd mentioned this last week, or, or at least in the pre-match we done. Three or four of their guys are in the running for the the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. You know, between Benzema, uh, Vinicius Junior, Courtois, and Rudiger, who came in from Chelsea, they're a team just loaded with quality. And as you say, this is just another benchmark, Muff, but at a different level. You know, our last game in Europe was against Bodo Glimt, which we also lost. But this is a a different type of era. Well, use that as your assessment. Look at the performances against Bodo and the performance against Real Madrid in, in both games where we, we didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's clear, clear progress there. So, the, I think you, you, you look at even even the wee daft things. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, you look at the wee daft things like the goal, um, was it Hazard's goal mm-hmm. um, where Valverde's drifted across and there's a, you can actually see when you look at for the offside you can see there's actually just four Celtic defenders in a row no matter and and that's it's probably been something new for them because in, in SPL you'll have you know your big target man standing right in between the two centre halves it's just ready there to go and attack the ball that's put into the penalty spot or whatever 
and just the cuteness of the way that Real Madrid just worked that situation where they're happy to drift off and all the defenders technically are doing the right thing because they're, they're holding their shape when all that took that goal was avoidable if somebody just tracked, tracked a runner you know and it goes back to basics but there's so much interplay went on before that Aye. where you're happy just to hold your ground they've almost hoodwinked you into thinking that that's a safe situation when actually it's not it's, that's exactly the situation the goals came from and that's just the level up that, that you're playing against but I think in general I think in general the way the Celtic approach the game is the most important thing as I say we, we, we've been in that situation before I, you know I, I can remember the game it was a game because we'd be underlicked 3-0 or 3-1 over there they beat us they beat us 1-0 but because it was 1-0 it was fine and everybody just sat like, hey, that's great it's just like an aggregate victory and, and I was like it was, ah, ah, it, was, it was absolutely rotten yeah. and I went on the bus I get dogs abuse because I was like who's, who's why pine watch that absolute mince mm -hmm. and you know it was like oh well it just be like an aggregate victory 3-1 an aggregate we're through to the next round whatever I, for me that's accepting defeat mm -hmm. what we did the other night against Real Madrid where we stuck to it yeah. we went out and played our way we were brave we we created chances we were effective on the ball we you know we, we maximised our, our abilities I would say that's that's what I would be happier at rather than a really really passive defeat I don't think it was a passive defeat no absolutely not you mentioned that third goal and at that point so at 2-0 down Celtic have made a couple of changes Kyogo's come in and you know we're trying to rally and see if we can get something out of this game they've passed us to death for that goal yep. I think they've had yep. 38 passes yep. before that so you're right it's easy you know analytically here at TCE analysis <laughs> to look at uh, the goal just as it happens in the final seconds of it looking across the line oh, why is nobody picking him up it's because you've been running around like a dog for the last yeah. three minutes trying to get the ball at all I think it's is it Cruz that plays it over the top to Carvajal who lays it the it's a brilliant goal for their point of view it's, and actually they're all very good goals when you look at them in isolation yeah, they're very it, good players. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the, the third goal is very similar to what we do in the league. Like, you know, yeah. just in, in behind ball, ball across um, the the six yard line. I, they, they're going to pick you off. They're they're an incredible team, but we had them rattled for forty five minutes, and that's what we need to take from it. And the attitude, even going one 0 down, even going two 0 down, didn't change. Mm -hmm. And you can just see that there's just that belief about themselves that. Hang on, am I going to get the ball down in the deck? Am I going to try and play football against them? But mean, on you go, sorry, man. Right, but I was just going to say, I can, you can hear the, the there's genuine pride and belief from your lads, and, yeah. and I'm in the same boat. I think you know, rightfully so. The, the big question is, what confidence will the players take in? If you're right, it might be another one of those watershed moments, like against Betis last year. I think a lot of the players speak about that Aberdeen game in October, where Jota got a late winner from Montgomery's cutback. I think these being kind of turning points and pivotal moments in the journey of, of Ange and this Celtic team. I was just going to ask, where do you think the players are at having gone toe-to-toe, -to -toe, at least for a half, with the European champions? Like I say, that that, that was the, the point I initially made, is that that's how I feel it, it will be interpreted in the dressing room, is that they've, they've went there and said, well, if we can do it against them, we can do it against them. They, mm. Again, different styles will clash, different teams will play in different ways against us. In many ways, Real Madrid were open enough to say, you know, we're going to beat you at football. You can come and gaze your best, yeah. but we think we're going to beat you. Now, maybe for a wee half an hour, we had them thinking, well, maybe we'll not beat them. Yeah. But the class told eventually, and I, I do think a lot of it was just Celtic just kind of blow a gasket in the second half, and the first goal is just the, that's what bursts the bubble, you know, mm -hmm. bursts the balloon. Um, the, 
I, I, I can only really take positives from it. Yeah. I, I know other people feel differently and I know there's people with that, that winning mentality that just refuse to accept any sort of defeat. But you, you have to you have to recognise this as a stepping stone in the next stage of the evolution of the team under Ange, that he had to have that marker. He had he needed he needed that evidence to say, right, this is the stress test of my style of football and my team against the best. And he's now got that. And I think just as something to work on, that'll be invaluable for Ange. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll look back at this game, you know, we've obviously still got five games to go in the group and whatever else this season throws up at us, but I think we may well look back at this as a as a turning point and a, a pivotal moment. All really positive stuff and I agree with you as I say, but do you think, Paddy, that a couple of players maybe got spooked on occasion? If you've mentioned Abada who could and should have done better on a couple of occasions and obviously Dyson Maeda's fluffed his lines around about the 50th minute or so. Do you think the occasion got to them, Paddy? Possibly, possibly. But if, you know, the guys are scoring them week in, week out in the league, that's fine, all right? I put it to the point that if they're going to go and score these big goals, they're probably not they're probably not going to be at Celtic, if you know what I mean. I think it's one of those ones where that this is them going to find out if they're going to be at the level required. Abada, he's got time in his hands, plenty of time. Maeda, we've spoke about it. He's not a finisher. He's not a. I don't think he's a natural goal scorer. He should score that hundred percent. Like I'm not um, defending him in any way, but it's what you do after. And I just think that the occasion there that. They've had it now, they've experienced it, and probably the biggest game of the group, obviously. Mm -hmm. They've experienced that now at Celtic Park. They'll know, hang on a minute, we were knocking at the door there, actually. We could do this against the, the other two teams here, and we could go and give Madrid a game in the Bernabeu if we wanted, because that, that could be a dead rubber for them, yeah. you know? It's a good point. Mephis, how you respond to these things? So as long as Dyson Maeda picks himself up and, and gets himself back in that position for the next one, likewise Abada, then that's got to be the way to look at that. I think, it, I mean... It's an absolute guilt edge chance that Maeda's missed. Um, and you can argue Abada still, whilst there was still a wee bit more work to do in his, you just expected a better effort yeah. from him. Um, but that that's, like Paddy says, they've now experienced that. That cauldron, you know, another level up for anything they've probably played in before. High level of scrutiny you know, more of an emphasis on taking your chances rather than knowing that the next one's probably got to come along in the next five minutes. All, all those things are factors. Um, wouldn't necessarily say, I don't think it's spooked. Abada, you know, Abada's coming off the high, the, the Rangers game, because in there, misses a couple of early chances. He's a young player, head's going down. Maeda, in, in many ways, is a perfect replacement. He then comes on and, and is guilty of the same thing that, that um, Abada, Abada's done to earn getting hooked at half-time. But overall, overall, I think you just need you just need to be happy with the way the players acquitted themselves. Um, the, Hatati's the interesting one for me. I, I, I've made this point before and I'll make it again. He's only playing at 50%. There's so much more to come for that laddie. And see when he does, good grief. He, he can be running games if he wants to. Mm -hmm. he can, he's got the ability to do the lot. He's got, he really has got the ability to do the lot. He's got an engine. He's got the skill. Um, he's got the passing range. I, I, what a player He's, what a player we're talking about that pass and it's the the burst after it mm -hmm. you know just the, the determination to get there if anything's going to come back into the centre um, I, I mean I've mentioned there there's there's guys who maybe get spooked by the occasion Abada Maida the opposite is happening with guys like Hatati maybe Greg Taylor and others have went oh this is for me I, I belong at this level and I'm going to show people just how good I can be you mentioned experience Miff I think 
if I'm correct, only Jota and Juranovic had started Champions League football before that game against Madrid. So that includes Callum McGregor and various guys who have played at a good level for Celtic. But now they've all, or the, you know, the majority of this team have got a start against Real Madrid under their belt. And it can only get better for that experience. You know, that that's as tough as it gets. Opening day, albeit you've got home advantage, but it's a tough, tough test. And we acquitted ourselves very, very well in the bigger picture. Best time to play them. Best time to play them. Um, as we're kind of talking about, Angel takes so much for that game and realise, right, I don't, what am I going to tweak against Leipzig? What am I going to tweak against Shakhtar? He'll, he'll have learned so much of his players there. I, I, I think he knows an awful lot about them already, but just in the, in the heat of the moment, you know, w w whether we can be a bit more clinical. This is where you practice. This is where you get it right. I actually wish we did. We were able to play on Saturday because you write some of the wrongs there before going into the big, the big game and and uh, Wednesday night. No, it's just the best time to play them. And I think it, if we if we go and get the result on Wednesday against Shakhtar, then yeah, we're, we're we're looking at second. We're knocking the door hundred percent. Just that if we if we go into every game the way we did um, on Tuesday, I, I definitely think we've got a good chance. Yeah. Why do people keep messing with my agenda? We'll get to Shakhtar. Right, Shakhtar's just, just round the corner. <laughs> I just said that name. Yeah, just to close things out for Madrid. So, as usual, you get players coming away from Celtic Park after such a night. Tony Cruz, Luka Modric, jumping on social media, raving about the fans and the, the environment and the, the atmosphere at Celtic Park. I think that's generally got to be a positive thing, but there's a school of thought that we shouldn't be making things so enjoyable for opposition players and, and some weren't happy enough that Modric was applauded as he left the park. What's your, your general take on that? Um, Did you applaud? I've seen, I've seen uh, no, no, but I, I've seen, um, I, actually, I actually applauded Benzema off because the, the game got obviously cut, cut early for, for him and raining Ballon d'Or winner, you know what I mean? My wee boys there probably don't go to have that instance happen very often but um, I don't it's not a big issue for me really I, I, if people want to applaud I don't think I did applaud Rabio when he played for PSG but I probably wish I did now because it's individually as good a performance as I've ever seen at Celtic Park I think you just appreciate good play for, for what it is you don't really have any pre-existing legacy of hatred against these teams yeah. um, slightly different when you're, you're playing against league rivals and things like that so I think it can be looked at and taken in a different context although I do I do appreciate the point that you don't want it to be like a, a tourist venue as well you need to create a wee bit of what's the word I'm looking for a bit of intimidation for, for want of a better word I think generally speaking people come here looking forward to the atmosphere rather than dreading it Yeah What about you Paddy what was your take on Modric and as Miff says Benzema getting applauded Yeah I, I kind of go with just your final points it should be more intimidating Um each to their own it's just not something I would do now to support Celtic and Celtic Phil Amalis Phil Amalis he's a bad boy with that new haircut man that's his haircut <laughs> short he's no messing about anymore I celebrated when uh, Benzema went down injured I was Did like you? yes get, get, get up and get then up, they brought Hazard on <laughs> a bitter man buddy absolutely um, <clears throat> but yeah a big night at Celtic Park against Real Madrid and it's one that I do think we could look back on um, you know in the months and, and maybe even years ahead as a, a turning point for this Ange side so exciting times ahead Let's stay in the Champions League, Paddy, and we'll look at Shakhtar Donetsk. I can tell you're keen to do so. So we travel to Warsaw to take Shakhtar Donetsk on in match day two of the Champions League. That takes place on Wednesday night, 5.45 kickoff. The game's taking place at Legia Warsaw Stadium due to the ongoing situation in Ukraine. Shakhtar opened their campaign with an impressive 4-1 win over Leipzig in Germany, a scoreline which resulted in Leipzig manager Domenico Tedesco losing his job. Shakhtar's number nine myth is a striker going by the name of Marian Schved. 
and he played a big part on the night, scoring Shakhtar's first two goals, although there was a huge slice of luck involved in them. Did you catch any of the action from that game? I did. Um, dare say, I'd have scored two goals in the Champions League if the keeper had passed it to me mm. uh, in front of an empty goal. Uh, although he scored again there at weekend, and, and he always looked like that type of player, that a bit of magic in him if he was just given these, these sort of uh, freedom. To, to do as he, as he pleased I think that was always the issue with him is that he was I think he played by his rules and under his tactics rather than for anybody else's but there's no doubt he's a really really talented player um, yeah listen historically these are the games that have, have, have been an issue for us and the, the teams that are are there for us to be competitive with in, in the group are, are sometimes the ones that we struggle with we, we you know we really need to begin away and getting something for, for this for this game Um I can't profess to know too much about Shakhtar um, other than the fact that Schwedt's leading the line and the, the result in, in Leipzig regardless of the circumstances how it's came about a 4-1 win over there is an excellent result the fact that Leipzig have then emptied their manager suggests that that's actually got to make the group tougher for us because we're not going to get the same conditions and mm-hmm. uh, when, we, when we go and play them over there so so be it but listen I, I think again it comes down to t- taking Real Madrid out, out of the equation the next two games will be what what we do, how how we approach them, um, and if we approach them with the same bravery and willingness to to try and score goals, I, I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think we might well be. Are you worried that Schwed's going to follow in the footsteps of the likes of Larson, Harold Bratback, and Joe Ingeberget and score no against doubt. his old team in Europe? No doubt, it's mainly likely to happen. Let's be honest, it's, <laughs> it's a very it's a very Celtic thing to happen. But um, no, look, listen. Good, good luck to the lad, but just not against us. Yeah. Paddy, we're not famed for winning on our travels in Europe. And Shakhtar, they'll have taken a lot of confidence from the opening result. What are you expecting from this one on Wednesday? Um, I think there'll be, I, I do think there'll be goals in it. Um, but I think, I, th- I think we might run over them. I, I, I'm just getting a, I do. I've got a good feeling about it. Um, I think we're, we're taking a good support over there as well. Um, and I just think, albeit I don't want the week's break, it's, it's going to do the players no harm and having that time in the training park and yeah I just go for it again just go for it again come out the way you come out on Tuesday and, and take your chances Yeah. do you know what the situation is with Shakhtar fans do, do we expect many of them F- to travel 15,000 I think they've they've got Right. Um, I think obviously a, a, a good um, number of them are actually living in Warsaw as well with right. everything that's going on um, so yeah I think 15,000 uh, tickets sold for for yeah. them could be an interesting environment so Celtic obviously played in that stadium uh, just not that long ago in Arthur Boric's game so fairly familiar for us so it'll be interesting to see how we stack up when we get there yeah. Shakhtar of course they faced obvious disruption due to the ongoing situation there in Ukraine and the league campaign was cut short last season so they called it in April of last year and at the time Shakhtar were top of the pile after 18 games they're currently joint top uh, they've got three wins and a draw from their, their opening four games so if you add that into the result against Leipzig, they'll go into it with confidence. Absolutely, and, and and rightly so. I just think that one of the things that we it might help us is that I do think they have lost uh, a host of really, really strong players. Um, I just think that, you know, it's it's up to us to go and show why we are also in this tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they, they will have confidence and they are obviously, they've always been very well backed, Shakhtar. They've always had... Mm-hmm. Um, some really, really strong players playing with them. Um, they've had strong connections with Brazil over yeah. the years. They've often had a you know few talented Brazilians in the team. I looked at their squad though, and as you would imagine at this moment in time, 
it's mostly Ukrainian nationals given what's going on. So I think of their 29 man squad, if I've got my, my numbers right, only four are non Ukrainians. So it's a, you know, it's hard to know too much about them at this moment in time. We know about Shved just by circumstance at Celtic, but I couldn't tell you about many other guys. They've got a guy called, don't know how to pronounce it or spell it, but it's very like Mudrick. He set up a few of their goals against Leipzig, blonde haired guy, left right. winger. He looks a real talent. Well, is this not the guy that I think he has been scouted by the likes of City, um, Man City and Liverpool? Right. Apparently, we're looking at him during the summer. He's um, a 21-year-old. He looks very lively, uh, so he he could be a danger. Um, if, if we've got serious ambitions of making out of the groups, though, we, we do need to go there and at least get something, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the same. That's became apparent just because of the way the results landed in yeah. uh, match day one. So, yeah, it, it's, it's up to us. It's up to us how we approach it, how we go about it. I don't think anything will change in terms of mindset. The, the, the manager, um, I think the, the only the only decision I think he's got to make is, I think Jens has obviously got to come in. I think the decision remains around right wing and, and striker. Um, and my gut feeling is Kyogo will come back in. I've got a gut feeling, depending on how the weekend goes, uh, sorry, depending on how things go, in advance of Wednesday that Haksabanovic might come in and I, right. think, I think he may be the guy I actually think uh, early call but Jota Kyogo and Haksabanovic would be my choice going forward so we'll see what Angie's seen off those guys in training um, I mean Paddy based on the results on match day one and obviously Leipzig had a stuttering start to their own season and they've now brought Marco Rose back in as manager do you see it being a straight shootout between us and Shakhtar as to who will fall second in the group behind Madrid? No, absolutely not. I think uh, Leipzig will, will compose themselves. They, they beat Dortmund at the weekend there. 3-0, uh, yeah. So Rose is a good manager um, and I just think that they, they they do have some really dangerous players. They they just re-signed uh, Timo Werner as well. Yes. Um, so no, it's not going to be uh, straightforward. I do think it will be, be between the three teams. I really do. Yeah. It makes that <clears throat> double header against Leipzig so crucial doesn't it Miff so we'll, we'll get them away first I think and then back to Celtic Park and uh, listen, we, you know, you've only got six games but they're all so so crucial even more so now now they've lost the first one I know it's at home and it's against Real Madrid but you're kind of hoping maybe that's the game you do sneak a wee something out of um, so the fact that we haven't you know dust ourselves down go again and yeah now would be a good time to kind of get a notch up another wee one away from home yeah it sure would Um Obviously a tough one to call Paddy We don't know much about Their squad as a whole as I've mentioned But I'm going to ask you anyway So what's your scoreline prediction for this one? I, I do think we'll take a few of them 3-0 I love it Miff 2-2 two, two draw for me oh. Yeah 2-2 two, two draw Paddy as much as you're hopeful of a win Would you be happy enough coming away with a draw? Absolutely aye. Yeah <laughs> But your heart's telling you 3-0 I'm not far away Paddy I'm going 3-1 Celtic I just think that We've shown I think the players have shown it themselves as much as anything else that they can compete at this level. Um, it's going to be tough. Every game in the Champions League is going to be tough. But I think if we can click and find that other level from the Madrid game and take the chances that will definitely come our way, just the way Celtic play, and we you know manage to get those goals in the night, I think we could be in for a, you know, a, a, another thriller. So I'm going to go 3-1 Celtic and, and let's see how that plays out. Um, as always, subscribers to the Celtic Exchange Plus can enjoy additional pre- and post-match shows from us as part of our match coverage for Shakhtar the next. And if you haven't already signed up, you can do so at the CelticExchange.supercast.com. Sunday sees us back in Scottish Premiership action as we travel to Paisley for a 12 noon kickoff with St Mirren. They've been in decent form generally with three league, three league wins on the bounce, but they were brought crashing back down to earth in the last game, a 3 0 defeat at the hands of St Johnson. Miff, last time we were at St Mirren, we drew nothing each 
And again, just before Christmas, they've seen Scott Bain starting goals. It gets worse. Liam Scales at left back. Near Beaton, defensive midfielder. And Owen Moffat at right wing. I'm shuddering a wee bit at the thought, to be honest with you. We're a long, long way from there, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, again, that was that was based on the, the time, I think, we'd, we'd just played in the League Cup final. Yeah, I think, I think we just won it. Was that not the, the, the game after it? So, I, I, I don't... I know, I know what you're saying, but maybe a bit, a bit harsh on the guys, the guys involved there. But that—that's the the beauty of Angie's continual evolution of the team is that he's just striving for better in every position constantly. And, and I think when you mentioned Haxabanovich here potentially starting against against Shakhtar. I think it's quite exciting to think he's a bit of a wild card to to come in really. Um, Everybody's really excited at the cameos that he's produced. It would be nice to maybe see it over a sixty or a seventy minutes just to right. see see what the end product would actually be like in terms of chances created and hopefully some assists and goals. So um I, the the teams come listen, the teams come on leaps and bounds. Even it, it, what a difference a year makes. What a difference. You say a year, it's nine months, you know, it's not even a full calendar year, and that's the kind of interesting slash terrifying thing about it, Paddy. It wasn't that long ago. Andrew's patching things up, putting kids in. I've not even mentioned Abada played as number nine that day. He was through the middle. So there's a whole host of things that were going on. And the you know, the evolution of the squad to use that term and the the various signings that have come in. Obviously, January landed and we brought in three Japanese fellas plus O'Reilly, we've then added again this summer. And there's just such huge positive change across this squad. Oh, absolutely. Um I, I remember that game well in December. Um they were floating the ball. And they and Abada, and you're like, guys, <laughs> keep it low. Um, I it was it was a tough ninety minutes to watch, um, but the method was still the same. the The setup was still the same, and the games that you know you find found it hard, and you were up against it. The the guys that are basically still part of the team that they're now were still learning and still pushing on. It, it kind of to kind of go through with the tactics that they're, they're all so comfortable with now so it's all good coming through these games because look, look where we are at the moment um, and what I've, I've kind of noticed so far this season is that when we are bringing new players in it's not taking them long to get up mm-hmm. to scratch you know you had a full squad basically ha- having to try and learn this style of play now you've only got a handful coming in they're seeing what everyone else is doing and they're like ah, that, right okay let's it, do this it's pretty seamless isn't it when they get on board I think that's a key point I think we're just better at what we do you know, there, there was a way that the manager wanted to play at, at times last season just due to maybe lack of personnel or, or being overly reliant on players that he maybe wouldn't have wanted to be too reliant on. Things were falling down and, and things were a bit inconsistent. You know, the level of performance was inconsistent. Now, you've had that relatively seamless pre-season. Strength brought in. Players shipped out that weren't part of the plans. And... What you're finding now is that consistency, consistency in level of performance and consistency in results. Yeah. From a St Martin point of view, so Stevie Robinson, uh, ex-mother, is there at the moment. He's brought in some guys with experience, uh, and particularly experience of the Scottish game. So the likes of Trevor Carson, Declan Gallagher, Alex Gogic. Um, and after losing their opening two league games against Motherwell and Aberdeen, they picked up a bit of form. They went on a, a, a three-game streak. They beat Ross County, Dundee United and then Hibs. And as I mentioned, they crashed back down to earth with St. Johnson. But they've shown that they've got something particularly at home. Yeah, and, and like good results for them. Teams that they need to beat uh, in order just to, to, to try and press ahead and make sure they can get away from the relegation zone as quick as possible. Um, no disrespect to them there on that one. But I just think that they, 
they they looked very very strong at the start of last season under Goodwin. Um, they they had a really really good start to the season, and then that all that kind of hard work seemed to go out the window when um, when Robinson came in, and I was a wee bit unsure as to like what what they were kind of trying to aim, aim to do, but they they have seen seen me have steadied the ship, um, so. Or they'll be up for it, definitely. And like you say, some of the ones that have played about and played in the league for quite a while um, will want to want to prove a point. So yeah. be, it'll be a tough one. They'll have a bundle of guys that have played against Celtic several times before and they, they won't be spooked by the occasion. From a Celtic point of view, Mick, Mick, who's Mick? Mick. Paddy <laughs> Mick. Mick. We've mentioned Haxabanovic and the hope is that we'll see him and certainly get a glance at Oliver Abelgaard for this one, isn't it? Yes, uh, again, it's that you, you just want to see what you've what you're dealing with. Um, is there any pressing need to change the team? Probably not, but uh, I think it's a, it's an ideal opportunity because you've not played a game previous weekend, European away tie, then a, a domestic away tie. You'd think or a away game, you'd think that you would take that opportunity to mix it up a bit. Um, so I would I would expect some form of changes, but as we know, he's not overly uh, bothered as to whether or not he does that. He's quite happy to pick, mm-hmm. or it seems more so this year. He's just quite happy to have that consistency in selection. Yeah, I wonder if he'll have, and if he'll give thought to the international breaks. Obviously, we've got a bundle of guys that do go away in international duty, and I wonder if he'll consider whether players are part of that or not when it comes in. He's he's thinking, as Miff says, Paddy, there's no. There's no great need to change what's been going on. You know, a couple of tweaks by all means and the ongoing Abada Maeda question. But as much as we're all excited to see Haksimanovic and Abelgard, Andrew will change it when Andrew's ready. I totally agree. I think the only thing that would maybe make me think they should um, would be just the fact that the, the games are going to pick up really quickly to a week. Um, we've got already got one we need to catch up on. And you want all your players firing on all cylinders at all times. And I think he's pretty much got that at the moment where it looks of it anyway. Ross County in the League Cup last week was a, a great testament to that. I just think that um, some of the new guys coming in, give them some game time and get used to the system even more on a match day uh, other than just in uh, uh, Lennox Town. So I, I do think he will want to implement them as soon as he possibly can. Yeah, and I think that is really important moving forward because there's no doubt, you're right, Barry, that you it's a bit of a kick in the teeth that the Livy game never went ahead in terms of the momentum the team are building and the chance to there's no doubt we would have seen Haksibanovic and probably Abelgaard at some point during that now that they're you know they're a wee bit further down the line and they've not yet fully integrated I suppose you forget that Angeball is still brand new to guys like Haksibanovic Abelgaard and Bernabe who's not played a lot of football um, Aaron Moy's different he's obviously had experience with Ange but I think with Ange being Ange, he'll have used this extra type as his advantage. You know, he's not the kind of guy that goes, geez, that's bad luck. We could have done my game on Saturday, you know, and huff and puff about it. He'll have said, right, okay, no game on Saturday. This is how we're going to deal with that. And this is how we're going to train in the, the few days that cover it. Absolutely. That, that's just the, that, that is the vibe you get from him. I know it should be probably a, a bare minimum for your manager to be like that. But I think it, it just gives the fans a, a bit of assurance um, they, they, they have a trust in the manager that the, the right things are being done it wasn't so long ago we had a mistrust of the of the management team and questioning where the right things being done so it's nice to be sitting back and thinking there's just a really high level of professionalism within the squad within the management team and that things are being done properly 
Yeah, yeah, it's great to see. Um, so obviously, Paddy, a very different challenge to the one that we'll face against Shakhtar, but your scoreline prediction for this one? 2-1 Celtic. <sighs> Why so neat? So we're, we're going to Warsaw to yeah. hammer somebody 3-0. Aye, so yeah. I think there'll be a lot put into the game on Wednesday, and I think we will see a few changes come Sunday mm-hmm. to kind of, obviously... Reflect that. Um, so Sorry, yeah. I feel like I'm a bit aggressive there, you actually. You did actually. I, I jumped I, right down your throat. I apologise. You know, I said shut down once, you were down my throat there as well, but we'll <laughs> talk you, about it, Tino. Thank you, Tino. So, uh, we'll, thank you, Tino. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll settle this off here, Paddy. That's fine, mate. So, 2 1 v St. Murren. What are you saying, Muff? 2 0. 2 0. 2 0. And again, you, you think there'll be changes and the different things that might lead to that? Some, some, some changes, but again, I think 2 0 comfortable. We win. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm home for. Yeah, I'm a bit more. Um, don't know what the word is, Miff. Maybe synergy again. Optimistic. Uh, optimistic. I think 4-0 on the day. Uh, apologies to Anne, who helps us behind the scenes in the show. She's a, a big Saints fan, but I just think Celtic will be too strong for them on the day. Um, we've got too much going on and too many guys that want to make sure that they're in the reckoning when it comes to the next Leipzig game or the, the Madrid and you know the various other big challenges ahead. So I think everyone's just chopping at the bit to be involved and I think that can only be a good thing for Celtic and the scorelines. And again, as with the Shakhtar game, you can enjoy full pre- and post-match shows for St Mirren over at the Celtic Exchange Plus. Paddy, your final comments as we look forward to getting back on the park after a solid start to the season so far. I, I just think that, um, just more, more of the same. I thought last week was a a brilliant week for us um, and you know we learned an awful lot on Tuesday but we definitely learned that we can rub shoulders with the Giants and and we are a, a sleeping giant in my opinion with stuff like that I, I think we just need to have a bit more belief in ourselves um, and I, yeah why not just start that on Wednesday yeah good a time as any Miff are you excited for the challenges that this week's going to throw up very excited another big week um, that's, that's what we want that's what we've always wanted so I buckle up and that's that so Celtic are back to it this week and find themselves with a couple of very different challenges in the Champions League and in the Scottish Premiership in the coming few days. Real Madrid aside, we've looked unstoppable in the early stages of the season so far and Ange and the players will be looking to continue in that vein before we head into the international break. Thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me in today's show and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. Remember to sign up at theCelticExchange.supercast.com to get your free seven-day pass of the Celtic Exchange Plus and to enjoy the various additional shows we're producing there this week. But in the meantime, from all of us here, we'll see you again very soon. Podcast Network.